Sony. Good afternoon, Canada. Today's date is May 12th, 2021. Welcome to a full edition of Canadian Common Sense. 45 minutes of completely unscripted, unedited, and especially today, unhinged commentary on Canada's issues. It's Tony here in Saskatchewan. And it's Lewis out here in BC, sitting in my truck in the rain on the side of the road. In the rain? Well, you know, I wish we could get some of that here. I actually don't think it's rained all spring here. So Yeah, it's been like that here too. It's It hasn't rained much at all. Um, and most of the rain we've gotten has fallen at higher elevations than with snow. And uh, Oh, great. But in, but in the valley, we haven't had hardly anything. And so that this this rain today has been uh, kind of welcome. Oh, I bet, yeah, yeah. All right. So, so what other are we than that, talk about today? Oh, we have got a lot for you today, Canada. Um, let's just get right to it on the show today. Bill C ten on hold. What the hell, Alberta? Line five, could Ontario run out of gas? Telford talks, well, sort of, and more. Where would you like to start, my friend? Well, let's start with Alberta, because as you said in your opening remarks, this show is unscripted. Uh, And before the show, you were just briefly telling me about some of the the lockdown measures being taken place in Alberta. And I told you to stop because I have personally been so busy with my own business that uh, in the past week, I really, I don't know anything that's going on right now. So when we say it's unscripted, we really mean it because we have uh, what, what, what Tony's going to bring up tonight I haven't heard any of this yet. So my reactions are going to be 100% genuine here because I don't know what's in Canada at the moment. And you're going to love it because, as you have said many times, that Canada will fail to exist. And we have said we don't recognize this country that much anymore. Well, here we go. Um I'm not even sure where to begin. It uh, it stuns me because that what's going on in Alberta today is not the Alberta that I grew up in, that's for sure. So we'll begin with more restrictions came down a couple of weeks ago in Alberta. There was uh, set to, to be in effect for three weeks, closing restaurants, closing hair salons, closing gyms, further restricting religious services. I'm sure everybody in Canada has by now seen the videos of Pastor Arthur Pavlowski uh, picking police officers and health officers out of his church in Calgary. And they came back a second time. He kicked them out again. Well, this past weekend on Saturday, the police decided they would wait until, until Pastor Pavlowski was finished his police service and then followed him with a whole team of, of, of police cars and SWAT teams, boxed him in, pulled him over on a major freeway, drug him out of his car, forced him to his knees, arrested him, and drug him off to jail. 
are you the crime of holding a church service? Are you serious? Unfortunately, I am. That video is on YouTube, Canada, and I would uh, strongly suggest you check that out and ask yourself what the hell kind of country you are living in. Oh, this is so wrong. I mean, we it was what last month that we saw 200 police officers uh, show up at a church, I believe in Ontario, to prevent a service from taking place. Correct. Last summer, we saw a hundred police officers form a human chain around a barbecue joint in Toronto. And now we've got cops dragging a church pastor out of his car and, and forcing him on his knees to arrest him. Welcome to Alberta. are, Are we living in some communist dictatorship? does make you wonder, and and Pastor Pavlovsky came from Poland when it was still behind the Iron Curtain. So he knows of what he was speaking when he was using what, what, you know, what I still say is inflammatory language, calling them Gestapo and Nazis. And you can hear him clearly yelling that again while he's being arrested. But at least he's, you know, validated in saying so while they're dragging him off in handcuffs. Well, I mean, he would know what, the Gestapo is. I mean, he grew up in Poland. I mean, that's holy. I mean, this is wrong. I, I don't. I'm. I'm not saying that him holding church services was right. Considering uh, Alberta's uh, ridiculously high COVID numbers right now. Um, but this is a severe. And I mean, this is, I, I'm, a, I, I'm so frustrated and I'm so angry about this that I'm almost at a loss for words. And anybody who listens to the show knows that I'm never at a loss for words. I have a lot <laughs> to say, but this is, this is just shocking and, and just so disturbing, like incredibly disturbing. I mean, this, I, I don't know how the police officers actually brought themselves to do what they just did. You see, that's a good point because they're supposed to protect and serve, you know, serve the community. And right now they're serving their political masters. And I mean, there is just a whole world of wrong going on in Calgary right now. But I do want to touch on your point about the possible COVID transmission in the churches. Like, I don't know about Pastor Pavlovsky's church, but the uh, Grace Life Church in Stony Plain, Alberta, just uh, west of Edmonton, would actually, and they actually were happy to document that there had been no cases of COVID transmission in their church, yet Pastor James Coates spent 35 days in jail because he refused to to uh, agree to stop holding church services. Yeah. Again, I mean, what the hell right, kind of country are we in when we're jailing pastors? Yeah, right now, what is happening is, I mean, could you imagine, could you imagine if the cops reacted to real crimes with this kind of firepower? Could I you love imagine, it. Could you imagine if the cops in Toronto sent a hundred police officers with 10 of them on horseback 
to um like to deal with a um oh I don't know a railroad blockade um instead of sending them to stop a barbecue joint from opening or send 200 police officers to deal with a uh uh like a murder or something like that i mean can you imagine putting those kind of resources behind like on real crimes i mean could you imagine how much did it cost them to send those officers after the pastor how much did it cost them to send 200 police officers to surround a church how much did it cost them to send 100 cops to circle a barbecue joint i mean those kind of funds and those kinds of uh, resources could be much better used going after the, the, the gang violence that is happening in Toronto and in Vancouver. Yeah, you know, and I wonder, like, what if they sent 100 cops, I don't know, after some drug dealers? <laughs> Maybe I'm just thinking outside the box here. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, but... We have a gang violence problem in this country right now. A, co- a guy was shot and killed at the Vancouver airport, and it was a gang hit. There are multiple shootings every week in Toronto right now between rival gangs. And instead of sending 200 police officers to deal with these situations, they're sending 200 police officers to shut down a church. Oh, yes. And what do we always say on this show, Lewis? There's no more. Let's go and talk about our friend Chris Scott. Who's Chris Scott, we might ask? Chris Scott is the owner of the Whistlestop Cafe in Mirror, Alberta, who decided that he was going to defy government orders and actually keep his store, which is a convenience store, gas station, restaurant, kind of as a lot of small towns, sort of everything encompassed in one building. And so Mr. Scott decided he was going to have a, a big barbecue outside. So it was open air and the police came along and decided not only were they going to put up a fence around the, the building, with their own lock on it and chains, but they arrested Mr. Scott for breaching a public health order, threw him in jail, and, 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 and the Alberta government decided, hold my beer, took out a restraining order on Mr. Scott and John Doe and Jane Doe and preventing them from gathering or organizing a protest and the reason they said john doe and jane doe means it is now illegal in alberta for anyone to organize a protest had enough canada this is how dictators are come like take over I mean, this this is how someone becomes a dictator. Absolutely. And, I mean, you look at any country in the world with dictators, this is how it happened. They, they banned protesting. They, you know, they, they outlawed your basic rights. And that's what's happening right now. I mean, I, can, I 
you and I used to be fans of Jason Kenny. I I used to be a big fan of Jason Kenny. He was the most effective minister in Harper's cabinet. He was he was a really good minister. Yeah. Not so much as a leader. And, and, and it pains me to say that because I liked him. And I met, I mean, you and I met him at, at Grey Cup in Calgary. And he was a really gracious guy and posed for photos with us and, and, and everything. And, but, but the kind of stuff that he's been doing just absolutely blows my mind. And, I, I, and I've lost so much respect for him. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm actually stunned at well at any of this. I mean, I uh I don't know the charter off by heart, but I know section one fairly well. And section one says, you know, very specific, very succinctly that these rights, you know, are are freedoms we enjoy, you know, which can only be curtailed when demonstrably justified in a free and democratic society. Now that part I can quote because I've read that so many times. How the hell can anybody demonstrably justify this tyranny? Like um that's not the Alberta I grew up in. This is not my Canada. Like I this I think you've called this Canuckistan and I think we need to repeat that that rant when you said welcome to Canuckistan every day for, from for who knows how long because we keep slipping into Canuckistan. Yeah, the People's Republic of Canada. I mean this is I, I, I don't I just don't know what to even say. I mean Alberta used to be a beacon of hope in this country. Like when when my wife and I lived in Alberta, the one thing that we said well, actually, it was when we moved back to BC. And my wife and I both agreed that the thing that we missed the most about Alberta, and granted with, you know, it could, the fact that it can snow at any time of the year there, the mosquitoes are gigantic, and there's no mountains, and uh, the sun will blind you at uh, sunrise or sunset because it's at hood level and you can't see where you're going. But despite all those things, there was one thing we really missed. And the thing we really missed was Alberta had a can-do attitude. If it, if it can be done, they'll do it. If it can't be done, they'll find a way to do it. Because in BC, we have a very defeatist attitude here. The government does something, we go, eh, okay, whatever. We take it. In Alberta, it was, it was the opposite. They, they, if if someone said it was impossible, Albertans had this, oh, we'll figure it out. We'll make it happen. And now they, they've slipped into like and like hardcore NDP territory here with the kind of things that they're doing. Like these are the things the NDP party is calling for. And Jason Kenney has been all too happy to just do what the NDP is is advocating. Well, he did say he, quote, wants a new base. What the hell? What? And uh, I actually uh, 
thought there was a lady on Rebel News who said it really well, like, okay, what kind of base does he think he's going to get? Does he think he's going to somehow attract the, uh, you know, as you would call St. Louis, the woke brigade in Edmonton and Calgary? Um, don't think so. And I mean, it is l- largely rural Albertans who comprise the base of the, the United Conservative Party. And we have shenanigans like this going on. There was a rodeo in uh, Bowdoin, Alberta, in the Red Deer area, on private land. And yet again, the, uh, the police were sent in, only two police officers, to observe and then see who, and then hand out tickets later. And then the organizer of the rodeo now, of course, has summons to appear in court for an outdoor event on private land. Private land. Remember Alberta, the strong, free, that's their motto, strong and free. But no, no, we're going to go after people on private property now. Well, I mean, they've been doing that across the country in your own in your own private home. You're not allowed to have anybody over. You're not allowed to have, uh, you know, a gathering of any kind in your own home. So they've been going after people on private property this whole time. Good point. Yeah. That's not, that's not new. But having said that, I have a problem with it. Um, I mean, this, it's, this is just, uh, oh my God, for anybody out there, go have a listen to my, my rant entitled Welcome to Kanakistan. And that's, it's from a couple of weeks ago. And it, I mean, God, isn't it funny how, Whenever I predict something and I get called a conspiracy theorist or an alarmist for it, it comes true. Yeah, could you maybe call for uh, a booming economy and a government that's not liberal? Well, we would have a booming economy if it wasn't for the fact that the liberal government is still paying people to stay home when it's completely unnecessary. Oh, yes. And we're going to get to that when we talk about COVID a little later in the show. And why can't we figure out that lockdowns don't work? The U.S. is opening up. Texas has 40,000 people at baseball games. In Canada, nope, you're still not allowed to uh, you're still not allowed to gather with anybody anywhere at any time or else we'll send 200 cops after you. Yeah, exactly. And um, if you dare to try to stand up for yourself, uh, you will now get doxxed online. And as happened to some people at uh, some freedom rallies here in Saskatoon, they were not only doxxed, they were were called out for where they work. There was an off-duty police officer who ended up resigning because he showed up at one of those rallies when he was off-duty. A janitor at a local school, same thing. It's... uh, Whatever happened to our freedom? And it's just, unless you tow the, the proper government line, there's no such thing as freedom anymore. No, and this is something that I have mentioned on the show before, and you, I, th- I think you agree with me, is that there are some things that I really admire about Americans and I really loathe about Canadians. One of the things is, is... Americans will fight for their rights. They they have they they hold their constitution in such high regard that they will 
die to protect their rights. When the government tries to take something away from them, such as the First Amendment or the Second Amendment, Americans stand up and go, no way in hell you're doing this. You are not going to take my rights away. But in Canada, we go, oh, yes, please, and take more. We don't fight for Jack. We don't do anything to protect ourselves or our rights in this country. And Americans, they will fight to the death to keep their rights. Yep, that's true. And then what's worse is here in Canada, not only do we not stand up for ourselves, we're now being glorified for ratting out our neighbors. I mean, go months back to the uh, the video from Gatineau, Quebec, when the police were dragging person number six physically out of that home because a neighbor phoned in and ratted them out that they were one person over the allowed number of people in a private residence. And this is being cheered on. Yeah, I know. And it's it's disgusting and it's it's sad and it's really, really disappointing. And it, and it makes me it makes me really embarrassed to be Canadian right now with the way that Canadians are, are treating each other over all of this. Well, let me add to that for you, Lewis, and this will be the final point in Alberta, but uh, never one to shy away from a microphone. Outgoing Calgary Mayor Nahid Nenshi, who has said he won't run again, so that's why Yay! I call him outgoing, <laughs> um, decided that he wanted to chime in on the freedom protests or freedom rallies and say that, oh, these people are, are white nationalists, white supremacists who are attending these rallies and it's the uh, it's thinly veiled white nationalism at freedom rallies and anti-maskers and any other slur he can throw at them. Yeah. And I thought that's just not appropriate. No. And you know what, Nancy, you can shove it up your, you know what? I mean, I am so sick and tired of your smug grin and your, your chubby little face. I mean, I'm so sick of seeing you, you have been one of the worst mayors in Calgary history. And the only reason you got reelected this last time was because when you were down in the polls, you accused Calgarians of being racist, despite the fact that they elected you already. You, you accused your own fellow Calgarians of racism because you were down in the polls. <clears throat> and that, you're, you're disgusting. You, you disgust me. You have always disgusted me. Because you are so quick to play the race card. Despite the fact that I don't think anybody ever thought of you as anything other than Nahid Nenshi. I don't think anybody ever thought of you as, you know, that brown guy or anything like that. I mean, they elected you to be mayor. And then when you're losing in the next election, you call them racists. And then people didn't want to be seen as racists, so they voted for you. 
Yeah, sad, isn't it? It's disgusting. It is. So we'll move on. We'll get on to something that'll calm us back down. But then we're going to get fired right back up when we talk COVID. But let's talk Katie Telford because on our last episode, the opposition parties in the defense committee were petitioning to get her to talk. She agreed to talk on Friday. And she said, well, nothing really. She uh, said that the prime minister had no knowledge of allegations of sexual misconduct by General Vance. And the prime minister had no knowledge until she and he heard about it for the first time on the news. Of course, yes. because they only ever hear of anything on the news. Yeah, well, it's just I'm so sick of the BS that comes from that this federal government. Like, she's lying to protect her boss, and I'm not even giving her a pass for that because all of Canada knows that you're lying, Katie. All of Canada knows that Justin is lying. So why not just come clean for once? It's unbelievable how a prime minister doesn't know anything that's happening in his own government until he sees it on the news. Oh yeah, it's just ridiculous, and, and the and the media gives them a pass. Well, of course they do. They won't. Well, they won't give a conservative a pass, but they'll give Justin Trudeau every single pass because they got him elected in the first place. Oh yeah. Yep. No, and- I, I just can't believe this. I mean, how, there's no. Uh, they should be hooked up to like lie detectors when they're when they're when they're uh, giving testimony in front of a committee. I mean, although they believe their own bullshit, so they'll probably come up as saying that they're saying the truth. Well, that's true, yeah, because uh, all it detects is if you're being deceptive, right? So, yeah, and they've convinced themselves that they're that that they're that they're right and so they, they probably wouldn't come up as deceptive but i mean there's got to be some way to you know pull the veil off this 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 crap i mean i i, I don't know what yeah no oh, i hear you all right so we're gonna uh, quickly touch on uh bill c10 it uh apparently it's called an update to the broadcast act so now we know the name of it, at least. And Bill C-10 is now on hold because at the 11th hour, MPs finally decided, hey, maybe we should take a look at this and make sure it's not violating any any charter rights. Well, you think that'd be a good idea? Yeah, of course it would. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's let's wait to the very last minute. But what I want to touch on is Stephen Gilbo, and I still give him credit that at least he answers questions when he's asked. But all he's been doing in the last number of interviews he's been doing is showing the whole country: a) he knows nothing about this bill; b) he's an absolute moron. Now, Evan Solomon interviewed him on Power Play. It was actually on question period on Sunday and then again on power play on Monday because in between the two shows, Mr. Gilbo flipped his own position on his own bill. Now, he had told Evan Solomon that private citizens who 
who publish content online and make money from that content should be regulated as broadcasters. And then he flipped uh, the next day and said, well, no, not, not private citizens. But then he also said accounts that have millions of followers. So thought, well, that is private citizens. And if they're making money off of it, well, now suddenly those private citizens are technically a business and no longer a private citizen and probably subject to regulation. Yeah. No, I, uh, they're, they, I don't know. I mean, Bill C-10 is, is a scary piece of legislation. It should be defeated. It shouldn't even be on the docket. And apparently there's another bill that's going to be following it up that is going to go a step further. Um, so, I mean, this is, I, I don't know. I mean, the NDP obviously doesn't care about Canadians' rights and freedoms. The Bloc Québécois doesn't care about the rights and freedoms of Quebecers. The Green Party doesn't care about Canadians' rights and freedoms. The only one that seems to is the Conservative Party. And even they, I don't even know what they stand for anymore. No, that's right. And see, Bill C-10, as it stands right now, our show, Canadian Common Sense, because we don't solicit ad revenue because we don't solicit donations. So we don't quote, make any money off of this show. We could have been spared the heavy hand of government under bill C 10, but the online harms bill will come along and that will be the dragnet that will directly go after shows like ours, because we're not afraid to call Justin Trudeau out for the moron that he is. Yeah, no. And that's exactly it. The internet harm bill, I guess is, is that what it's called? The internet harm bill? Online harm, yeah. Online harm bill. Yeah, so, I mean, that that bill will definitely go after... I mean, we don't make any money from this show, but we do have a following, and we do call out uh, the federal government on their crap. And we call out everybody who deserves to be called out. I mean, we call out the conservative party all the time. We're calling out Jason Kenney. Um, I mean, it's, uh, but we're calling out the liberals a lot and we're calling Justin Trudeau an idiot and a, and a traitor to the country. And uh, uh, probably the dumbest person who's ever led this country. And yes, that includes Joe Clark. And um, I mean, we, we could get, our show shut down. Yeah, we could because, you know, obviously what we say would offend politicians. And Stephen Gilbo came up specifically and said, you know, he wants to protect politician, political figures. And I can't remember the exact quote, but he said, you know, people are afraid to run for office because of the, the hateful rhetoric thrown their way. And, but well, that's kind of what you sign up for when you agree to run for office. Yeah. Trust me, I know. Yeah, I know. And, and here's the thing. This kind of stuff existed before the internet. I mean, this isn't new. Oh, yeah. This, this existed before. I mean, look at Harper. I mean, Harper, when he first took office, the internet really was still somewhat in its infancy. 
I mean, it wasn't it wasn't what it is today. There were no smartphones when he took office. Um, I mean, there were Blackberries, I guess, but they don't really count. But there were no iPhones. There were no Android phones. Social media was barely had barely been in, invented at that point. And I mean, he was uh, he has uh, he suffered more harassment than any prime minister before him. And and the thing is that most of it came from the media. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So this online harms bill is just, uh, well, it's just a way to, to, to shut down opposition. So going back yeah. to Kanukistan, Canada, yeah. look, go back and listen to that rant if you haven't downloaded it already. So, all right, moving on, we've got a couple more things we want to touch on. So I mentioned that perhaps Ontario may run out of gas. I actually mean that literally and figuratively because the government uh, governor of Michigan wants to shut down Enbridge's Line 5 pipeline, which runs through the, the Strait of Mackinac underneath an intersection of Lake Huron and Lake Ontario, I think it is. And this pipeline, Line 5, actually supplies every drop of aviation fuel that goes in Pearson Airport supplies, I believe it's 40% of Ontario's oil supply, supplies a lot of Quebec's oil supply, and even some of the northern states. And today is actually D-Day, so I know that the Enbridge is seeking an injunction in court, and I'm sure they'll get it. But here's where I'm going to alienate some of our listeners in eastern Canada, and I can't even apologize for it. I'm saying shut it down. Because then suddenly the, the center of the universe will understand exactly how important fossil fuels are, how important oil is when they don't have any goddamn gas for their cars. Shut it down. Let it shut down. I dare you. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if there was a pipeline that took oil from Alberta and shipped it east to refineries? That'd be a great idea. Yeah, what a great idea that would be. I believe there, we could co- even call it Energy East. Yeah, yeah, and it could have been built by a company called Trans Canada. That'd be a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Oh wait. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what was it? Ralph Klein said, "Let those eastern bastards freeze in the dark." That's exactly what he said. Yep. And there were bumper yeah. stickers even saying that. Yeah. And see I what mean, bothers me. Those is are that, Ralph Klein's words, not mine. I'm just, I'm just, it's just the irony. Yeah. And what bothers me is that uh, President Joe Biden, his first day in office, shuts down Keystone XL. What is what do our, our politicians from Eastern Canada and our liberal government say? Well, gotta move on. That, that's it. It's over. We're not even a peep. Line five, suddenly Justin Trudeau speaking up. Oh, this is an important pipeline for Canada. Oh, you know what? Move on. Shut it down. Move on. Sorry, guys. Move on. It's okay. Move on. Next. But no, no. Because it's, it supplies so much fuel to Ontario and to Quebec, they're going to fight like hell for it. So I've decided I'm on your side, Governor Whitmer. Shut it down. Yeah, I mean... Sometimes the only way for people to learn is to have it affect them directly. Exactly. 
I mean, it's it's like I live in BC, and I was even saying Alberta should shut that pipeline down to to uh, Vancouver so that Van- the people those those hypocrites in be in Vancouver would find out just how important oil and gas is to the the functionality of their city. Yeah, and to be fair, there was actually a. An article in, do I want to say the Toronto Sun, one of the, the, the Toronto papers, where the journalist was saying exactly that, like, okay, if this gets shut down, people in Ontario are going to realize exactly how important fossil fuels are, and it may have the opposite effect of what uh, the, the environmentalists in the Green Party are hoping it will have. And yeah. people will be like, oh, my God, we need this. And even Seamus O'Regan was saying it's going to be really polluting and it's going to be messy. But if that gets shut down, then we're going to have to transport it by truck and by train to get it across the country. I thought, well, yeah. that's awful hypocritical because you guys have been railing against that for, well, six years in government so far. Yep, absolutely. And, and, and here's, the, here's the thing. I'm I'm just waiting for the uh, federal Liberal Party to start saying what uh, what Joe Biden's uh, Democrats are saying right now, and that is, oh well, you know, if you have an electric car, you got nothing to worry about, and maybe more people will buy electric cars, and we can get on with the Green New Deal. Yeah, that's going to work really well in Canada. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the Liberal Party to start saying that because they seem to parrot everything the Democrats say. Well, that's a good point. And I mean, the, sadly, I mean, and you know what? Go for it. We don't have the infrastructure to charge them. We don't have the uh, grid capacity on yeah. our electrical systems. So, uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I, I'm just waiting for the Liberal Party to start using terms like birthing people like the democrats who you've seen last week right before mother's day <sighs> well you know it's probably coming <laughs> what, what, what an insane place we live in it is and i'm glad you said the word insane because the province of quebec which you have a very close attachment to has decided they're going to be first in the on the vaccine passport front Quebec has now come up with a digital vaccine passport domestically. But the talk is, and uh, this has not yet been implemented because, of course, the economy is not opened up for such things. But the suggestion is that one will have a, uh, a digital passport on their phone that they will need to show to gain entry to concerts, possibly even casinos, any large gathering. No passport, no entry. Huh. Who said that was going to happen? You know what? That's a good question because I think I know him. And he said this months ago, last year. Oh, it was you. You. Yeah. Yeah, I said it last May. Yes, you did. And I was a conspiracy theorist for saying it, too. (laughs) New nutcase. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You did not know what you were talking about. No. Nope, or did you? I had no idea. Nope. It's not happening. Don't look. It's not happening. 
Yep, that's right. And staying on the COVID front, I've been called out for not following the science in regards to the AstraZeneca vaccine. We've heard our Supreme Leader, Justin Trudeau, say the best vaccine you can get is the first vaccine in your arm. Well, unless that vaccine is AstraZeneca, of course, because Ontario and Alberta both have paused the use of AstraZeneca as a first-dose vaccine. Alberta will still hang on to it, citing supply concerns to give as a second shot to people who already had AstraZeneca. Ontario said no, because the risk of the blood clots is actually double what we initially thought it was. And now Manitoba is deciding that maybe we shouldn't be giving out AstraZeneca either. We still don't have any Johnson and Johnson vaccines. So what the hell, Canada? But here's the thing. The blood clotting is only happening in women. Yeah, that's odd. But you're right. No, it's not odd because it's happening in women who are on the pill. And the pill increases your uh, the risk of blood clotting. So they've got if they're on the pill, if, if female and on the pill, they shouldn't be taking AstraZeneca. But men could take it because men aren't getting blood clots. So why are they shutting it down to everybody? It should be just to women. Hmm, that's interesting. I, I did not know that. Yeah, I mean, this is, it just seems, I mean, it's a no-brainer to me. If if men aren't getting the blood clotting, then let the men keep taking it. Well, that would help out uh, Trudeau's, uh, okay, Justin Trudeau had said Canada will have a one-dose summer. I don't know what, what the that? hell that even means, but we're going to have a one-dose summer. So what? Nobody's getting second doses until fall? I guess. And I guess if you if that one dose was AstraZeneca, good luck to you. But yes, I don't, under- I don't understand that because I mean the the vaccine manufacturers are saying don't don't have such long periods between the shots. And yet we're extending it to like four months right now. Um another thing that they're doing that the that the vaccine manufacturers are saying oh we don't know if that's a great idea because there isn't any data to support it is what dr bonnie henry came out here in bc and said this past week which was it doesn't matter if you get the same shot for your second shot you can get one of the other ones i heard that too and that really surprised me because i thought that to me it would make sense if your first shot was example moderna then your second shot should also be moderna because i don't think the ingredients would all be exactly the same would they no they're not i mean and if you had a moderna shot for your first shot it's mrna and astrazeneca is not so that's right what the hell yeah exactly and Dr. Bonnie Henry is saying it doesn't matter if you have the same uh, vaccine for your second shot that you had for your first. I'm sorry. I call BS on that. And uh, 
like, and it's crazy how quickly people are losing respect for uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry right now because uh, she used to be like a rock star in this province last year. And not anymore. And, it, and it's because a lot of what she's, she's telling us doesn't make any sense. Like, I mean, it goes against, like, a lot of what they're saying, a lot of what all of our uh, our health, um, oh, what are they called? The health. Uh, the chief medical health you know, officers. Chief, the chief medical officers are saying contradicts what the CDC is saying. It's almost like they're getting drunk on their own celebrity, isn't it? It is. It is. It's quite scary because they have more power than the prime minister or the premiers at the moment uh, because our uh, our laws in this country say that during a medical like a public health emergency they overrule the premiers and prime minister well I think Doug Ford actually said it really well and this was uh, a little while ago but when uh, when being questioned on this sort of stuff Doug Ford just said, well, I mean, who's not, who's not going to listen to the, to the medical health officers? I mean, you'd be crazy to go against them. And that says it really well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I just, I, I mean, when you've got every state, I mean, we've got enough data to show that the U S states that are, have all opened up their COVID numbers are plummeting. Their hospitalizations are plummeting. And yet in Canada, we keep locking us up. We keep we shutting everything down. We keep locking people up in their homes. And yet, even in places like Alberta, where they get $2,000 fines now, and, and, uh, and they're basically under stay-at-home orders, the numbers keep rising or staying the same. And if lockdowns really work, they should be dropping like hard and fast, but they're not. I mean, BC, we've been under our, uh, our current lockdown um, measures for what? I think almost a month now, even though it was only for two weeks. Like we're in what? Month 14 of two weeks to flatten the curve. Um and, uh, and our numbers are holding pretty damn steady as to where they were before we went through, before we went into this lockdown. So, I mean, isn't the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result? Yeah, I mean, in Nova Scotia decided to jump right on board. They were locked down and their numbers started going up. So they decided, well, let's lock down some more. Yeah. I mean, it's a- you're right. I mean, it's it is insanity, and I don't know what it's going to take to get Canadians to stand up. But Canada, we need to stand up and start saying no. That simple. Yeah. And that's probably as good a spot as any to wrap the show up. Canada, learn how to say no. That's yeah. all I can ask of you. Yeah, fight for your rights, Canada, and go back and listen to my. Uh, rant welcome to Kanakistan and because uh, man like that's what we're living in now 
Absolutely right. So on that sour note, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to sign off. So good night, Canada, from Lewis in BC. And Tony in Saskatchewan. Good night, Canada.